Welcome to the Hope Church Port St. Lucie Sermon of the Week. We pray you enjoy this message by Pastor Justin Gaston. For more information about Hope Church and other resources, please visit IamHope.Church. I want to um, want to look at uh, John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Verse, um, we'll start at verse 1. I'm going to read 1 and 2 for a while. If you got it, say, I got it. Now it's up on the screen. It says, uh, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Verse 2, it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. I'm going to start right there. I want to um, preach a message on the text this morning, don't tap out. Tell your neighbor, don't tap out. Tell your other neighbor, don't tap out. Tell them, don't give up. Tell them, don't quit. Tell them, stand to fight. Come on, prophesy over and tell them, stand to fight. Tell them, there's still something left this morning. Tell them, God has not forgotten you this morning. Come on, come on, you preach to them this morning. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you right now uh, just for the presence of the Holy Spirit being in this place like never before. And God, we, we thank you that our hearts are prepared to receive everything you have for us. And Jesus, we love you. We thank you. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, you may be seated. Don't tap out. I want to start by declaring over your life today that God has not forgotten about you. That your comeback is about to be so legendary. <laughs> that we are approaching the end of 2016 and some of you may be questioning whether or not God is still going to do some things that you were promised in the beginning of 2016. But I want to start this message off by saying God has not forgotten you. Can you speak that over your own life this morning? God has not forgotten me. Somebody say that this morning. Say it to yourself. Come on, say it to you, believe it this morning. God has not forgotten about me. So we look at this story where, where Mary and her brother Lazarus says, right now he's not dead, but he's sick. And the Bible clearly states that John chapter 11, verse 3, put it on the screens for me. It says, uh, therefore the sisters you sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. But the Bible clearly states that, that this is the Mary that worshiped Jesus back in Luke 7, 37. Go to Luke 37 for me. Luke 37. Got it up on the screen? 37, 37. It says, Behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. She was a what? She was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought in alabaster flax of fragrant oil. Anytime you see fragrant oil in the Bible, that's a symbolic worship. So she brought her worship to Jesus and stood at his feet behind him weeping. She began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair over her head and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. So she brought not money. She brought everything she had left was her tears and her worship. And she began to lay that at Jesus' feet. Sometimes it's not about what you have, it's where you put it. I said, sometimes it's not about what you have, it's where you put it. And the best place you can put anything is at the feet of Jesus. She didn't have money, all she had was her tears. All she had was her worship. And watch this, watch this, watch what happens. When she began to cry and 
and serve Jesus and worship Jesus, watch, watch, watch the religious people. Watch what they say. Now, when the Pharisees, this is verse 39, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he was a prophet, we're talking about Jesus, if Jesus was a prophet, he would know the manner of woman that is touching him, for she is a sinner. Jesus, if you knew who was touching you, you would have done something about it. But what they failed to realize is that God does not want your best. He wants your brokenness. And that sometimes the best worship is the worship of a sinner. And one of the most biggest walls that we hit during worship is a religious wall. It's a wall that says, hey, when you're in worship, you can't worship past this point because you know what you did last night. But Jesus said <laughs> that this woman is going to be remembered as long as this Bible exists. So what am I saying? God wants your tears. God wants your best worship. Some of you are so relaxed during worship on Sunday mornings because you have been filled with shame. You have been filled with guilt. You have been filled with a religious mentality that says that worship cannot go beyond this point. And so watch what happens. The, ch the church will get stuck praising God and never worship God. Watch this because, write this down, write it down. The difference between worship and praise. Praise is an expression of thanks for what God did. Say it again. Praise is an expression of thanks for what God did. Worship, you got to write this down and remember this forever. Worship is a consistent expression of how worthy God is, regardless of the inconsistent changes that may occur in my life. I'm going to say that again. Worship is a consistent expression of how good God is, regardless of the inconsistent changes in my life. And so, praise this God. Thank you for doing this. God, I thank you for the house. God, I thank you for the car. God, I thank you for my health. God, I thank you for my marriage. God, I thank you for my children. But worship is, God, if you don't give me the house, you're still good. Worship is, God, if you don't give me the car, you're still worthy. God, worship is, God, if I don't get the money in the bank account, you're still worthy. God, worship is, God, whatever what happens in my life does not change the fact that you're good. That it does not matter what I walk through, you're still good. <laughs> you're still good. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall feel no evil. Some of you are walking through the valley of a shadow of death, and you're, you're still trying to question whether or not God is still Your situation does not change the revelation of God's identity in your life. God is still good regardless of anything you go to. God is still good regardless of anything you face. Praise is easy, but worship takes a radical mindset. Do we have any radical worshipers in Hope Church this morning that will say, God, you're still good? God, 2016 wasn't the best year, but guess what? Today, I declare you're still good. God, 2016 may have let me down, but God, you're still good. Anybody want to declare over your life that God, you're still good? Because the one thing the enemy doesn't like was when you worship God when you're going through hell. And that's a prophetic word for somebody because you're going through hell. You didn't stop there. Don't, don't park the brakes in your situation. Keep walking. Keep declaring how God is still good. Somebody shout, God, you're good. <laughs> God, you're consistently worthy of our worship. Consistently worthy. There's never anything I face that can change the fact that you're worthy. You're consistently worthy. So, so, so the Bible clearly states this is that Mary 
that Martha that worshiped God in the midst of her sinful nature. Let's go to John chapter 2. Well, verse 3 now. Back to verse 3. Come on, come on, move. Chapter 3 says, Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. So it clearly states that, Jesus, this is the person you love. Now, when you love somebody and they are sick, isn't there some kind of urgency that you have to get there? No? I hate to be on the other side of y'all loving people. Somebody's like, hmm, I guess. Where you at? You okay? No, I just got in the car wreck. All right. But it clearly states that this is the one you love. And so you would think that Jesus loved this man, that there would be some kind of urgency. But let's go to verse 4. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the day of, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Keep going. And it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And he loved them so much that when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. I don't get that, Jesus. Wait, wait, go back to verse 5. Y'all read that too? I thought it was just my translation. So y'all Bible say that too? Verse 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Okay, he loved them. So... Because he loved him, when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. So not only did he not go, but he stayed in his hotel room two more days. Like he just watched Netflix all night. He said, all right. So what, what do you do when, when God doesn't move when you expect him to? <laughs> When, 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 when there is an urgent situation in your life, when there is a crisis, and you've been crying out, you've been praying, you've been fasting. And one thing I want you to know today, that prayer and fasting does not manipulate God to move in your life. <laughs> because he is God. He is on his throne. There's nothing that you can say. God, God does not respond to our sympathy. He responds to our obedience. Some of, you, some of you think that you can cry and get God to move. God is a God that responds to your obedience and not your tears. And so prayer and fasting does not manipulate God to move in your life. He stayed two more days. God, I've been hoping for some things in my marriage. I've been praying for some things all year with my son, with my daughter. But God, you haven't moved yet. How did you handle silence from God? When you spent hours on the bathroom floor, mama, crying for your children. When you spent hours in your car wives crying out for your husband. And you haven't seen change all year long. What do you do when God says nothing? How do you handle your silent seasons? <laughs> Write this down. I'm going to help you out this morning. Because silence is, the, silence is a part of the process. Because even when God is saying nothing, he's doing something. When God is saying nothing, he is, let me tell somebody, God is up to something in your life. 
is that when you get to a season where you're not hearing from God, it's because he's up to something in your life. You've been crying out about your marriage. God is up to something. And tell your neighbor, God is up to something in your life this morning. How do you handle your silent seasons? But watch this, because silent can easily be mistaken as rejection. <laughs> and sometimes the avenue for the religious spirit is that when we pray for God to do something, he does not show up. We begin to pray harder and more. And now we begin to make our relationship with God about effort and not about love. Because God, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to pray until you speak to me. How do you handle quiet seasons? There was 400 years between Malachi and Matthew in the Bible that the Bible says that there was silence. For 400 years, God did not speak. But if you study your Bible, if you study biblical history, it was during those 400 years that God took a man named Alexander the Great. And he used him to pave all the roads in Jerusalem, in Samaria. And so by the time Jesus comes on the scene, every road he, he needs to be walking on has already been paved. I wonder what God is paving while you're waiting. Some of y'all, that revelation went. It's all the way in the other theater now. 400 years, God takes a man that did not serve him by the name of Alexander the Great. That's why you got to study the Bible and biblical history. But during that time, Alexander the Great did not know he was, he was becoming an instrument for God to use. And so he takes this man, his army, and they pave roads. And the roads they paved are the same roads that the disciples used to spread the gospel. What is God paving while you're waiting? Some of you don't realize that God is making a way while you wait. <laughs> But he's not speaking. How do you handle your silent seasons? Oftentimes, silence is mistaken as rejection. Silence is a part of the process. Why do you say that? Because the Bible says that let patience have its perfect work. And so patience, even though it's silent, is still working for me. Let patience have its perfect work. Some of you are trying to put your hands on the process of God. God says, take your hands off of me. Let me work it out for you. Because we serve a God that's a gentleman, and he wants to get the door for you. Some of you are trying to pull on the door yourself and make things happen yourself. God says, let patience. Let, because patience's job is to work for you. Let patience have a perfect work. What is God doing while I wait? Go to verse 7 for me. Verse 7, verse 7. Well, no, go to um, verse 17, I'm sorry, verse 17. Same story. It says, so when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the, the women and Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Sometimes people will only show up when you're going through something in your life. Because misery loves misery. Depression loves depression. Delusional loves delusional. Some of you got girlfriends that only show up when you go through a, a breakup. But the moment you get a man, they hate on you. But it's the same ones you let back in your life when that relationship don't work out. Now y'all both on the couch eating ice cream, watching, waiting to exhale, talking about how y'all gonna light this car on fire. Cause you know he work at Macy's and he go on break about 12. So we're gonna put some sugar in the tank, girl. We gonna get him, girl. 
mess with the wrong one. Wrong one. Who run the world, girls? What am I doing? Oh my gosh, my wife's gonna kill me when I get home. So, these people, these women are in the house. They are confident. They're crying with Mary and Martha concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. There's two kind of people in the world that I realized that those that wait on Jesus, those that try to beat Jesus to it. <laughs> Some of you are past due for your praise. Some of you won't praise God until you get it, but real worshipers know that the fact that I don't have it, because the Bible says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So, so, so faith is substance. Faith is not some imaginary thing in the air, which means that there needs to be something tangible that shows me that you have faith. Oh, I'm finna teach, I'm finna hear today. There needs to be something that I can see because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Noah, you believe in God. Show me your substance. The ark. Abraham, you believe in God. Show me your substance. About to kill Isaac. Moses, you believe in God. Show me your substance. The rod. Some of you are believing in God for something, but you have no substance to back it up. What is your substance that, 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 that declares over your life that you believe in God? Sometimes it's, it's your offering. Where you say, hey God, this is an indication that I trust you, so I'm giving this out of substance. But sometimes your substance is your worship. <laughs> that my praise is prophetic to my situation. Because it takes a radical mind, a radical worship to praise God for something you don't see yet. Where's your substance this morning? Where's your faith this morning? She saw Jesus was coming. She ran out there. Urgency. Then, then, then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if, if you had been here, what did she say? My brother would not have died. God, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How does she know that? Oh, her God asked me that question, Drew. How does she know that? How, how is she so, so, so connected with Jesus that she know when Jesus is going to show up? I'm going to tell you how she know, how she thought that was something called familiarity to mess up some of your minds right now. Familiarity, watch this. Watch this. Her prayer life has now become a tool for manipulation and no longer used for relationship. Her prayer life has now become a tool for manipulation and no longer used for relationship because she thinks that when I tell God to jump, he's going to jump. When I tell God to sit, He's going to sit. Some of you are frustrated because you prayed one time and you thought God was going to do it that one time. You haven't seen it yet, so you lost hope in that situation. It's your familiarity that is causing you to delay your breakthrough because you want God to do it the way that you want God to do it. God, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. Why do you say that? Because God, I prayed for you to show up. And because I prayed, if you had showed up, he would be alive. What if God wants to do some things different in your life? What if God wanted to bless you differently than you are thinking about right now? Because Ephesians 3.20, the word says that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think about. 
Some of you have reduced God down because you're thinking too low and you're asking too low. Some of you only want a man but not the man God wants for you. Some of you only want a job but not the job God has for you. Some of you only want a house but not the house God has for you. Because you've become so familiar and so impatient that you've reduced God down. But the Bible declares, says, but for his glory, he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you are asking or thinking about. What are you thinking about that is too low? I've learned that we pray according to the perception that we see ourselves and how we see God. Some of you don't see yourself good enough so your prayers aren't high enough. Because if your prayers don't make people mad, they're not big enough. If your prayers don't bring haters into your life, they're not big enough. God gave Joseph a dream. And when, when Joseph told his brother that dream, his brothers got mad. If your dream don't offend people, it offend God. There's another one that went over there. I said, if your dream does not offend people, it offends God. Because God will never give you anything that people can understand sometimes. Sometimes you got to get rid of people out of your life that say, hey, you can't do that. The reason why they said you can't do that because they're not thinking on your level. The reason why they said you can't do that because they have an intellectual mindset behind it. They don't realize that it's not you trying to do this. It's the God inside of you trying to make this happen. Some people will hate on you because they don't understand who's speaking to you. If Joseph's brother would have had a relationship with Jesus, they would have understood Joseph's vision. Some of you are telling your vision to people that don't have a relationship with God. And you are, and you are, <laughs> you've given them too much authority in your mind, too much authority in your ear, and they are the one dictate whether or not you move when God says move. Who do, you, who do you need to stop talking to in 2017 because they don't understand your vision? Sometimes your God talk is foreign to other people. I don't speak English. Sometimes people don't speak God. I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand how God can take two fish and, and five, five loaves of bread and, and, and feed. I don't, I don't understand. Some, some things about God can't be reasoned with your intellect. Let me set you free because you're still trying to understand God. You can't understand the way God does some things. You can't understand how God would take a perfect man by the name. You can't understand how God will. God, <laughs> there are some things that have been delayed because you're trying to understand all of it. Because you're trying to put it together. I can't understand how God would lead a million people through a Red Sea and water not touch none of them. What if you trying to reason with your mind that God says, hey, you won't, you won't catch it in here, you'll catch it in your spirit though. God has shown you a dream about 2017. John has shown you a dream about right now that you don't think is possible because your mind can't comprehend it. Maybe the thing your mind can't comprehend is the thing God wants you to do. Moving on. Prayer and fasting does not manipulate God to move for us. Those things bring us closer to him. What's, what's delaying our breakthrough? Our familiarity. God wants to know sometimes how bad do you want it so he'll be quiet. God wants to know sometimes how desperate are you for that thing so he'll be quiet. Go to Genesis for me. Genesis, I'm almost done. Genesis 32. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta wrestle with God. <laughs> Come here, Drew. Come here, Joey. 
Genesis 32. Come on, media team, work with, work with your boy this morning. Genesis 32, 22. It says that, and he arose that night talking about Jacob and took his two wives. They won't work in 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20. Don't do two wives. Old Testament. So don't leave out of here talking about, did you read that in the Bible? I didn't, I didn't know we could, we could have two wives. That won't work. <laughs> Drew, bad illustration time right now. Just be quiet. His two wives and his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of the Jabbok. This must be King James. What is the Jabbok? Is that a river? I was just playing with y'all. Religious people, like, he don't know that. See, I knew he should have been preaching because he's 25. He don't know what the Bible say. <laughs> 20, verse 23, he took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. <laughs> 24. Then Jacob was left alone. He was what? Left alone, quiet. And the man wrestled with him. Now, I want y'all just wrestle for me. UFC, McGregor, Mayweather, Joey, this is a bad matchup. For you, dog. Just wrestle. Just kind of lock arms for me. And he wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Verse 25. Let's go. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of the joint as he wrestled with him. Verse 26. And he said to him, this is what the angel said, let me go for the day breaks. Jacob says what? What he said, I will not let you go. Unless you bless me. The word God gave me for you was don't tap out. Tap out is a UFC fighting term. When the process becomes too much. When the pain becomes too much. When things become difficult. You want to say, hey, I'm done. I'm tapping out. But the word God gave me over your life is that I don't care how difficult it may seem right now. I don't care how hard it may seem right now. You got to have a Joseph. You got to have a Jacob kind of faith that says, God, I'm not letting go of 2016 until I get everything that you promised me. God, I'm not letting go until I see my marriage the way you said it will be. God, I'm not letting go until I see my bank account the way you said it will be. God, I'm not letting go until I see my children the way you said they will be. Don't tap out. Don't tap out. Don't tap out. Don't give up in the process. Don't quit on what God has promised you. Don't tap out. Go back to John 11. Thanks, y'all. Verse 21. <laughs> oh, I feel like y'all. Now, 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 he says, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 22 is why you came to church today. But even now, <laughs> Woo, God, if you had showed up in March, that thing would have never happened. But it's December the 28th, and God, we're still in 2016. And even now, I believe you can still do what you said you can do. God is telling somebody this morning, it didn't happen in May the way I thought it would happen. But even even now, God, you're still able. It didn't happen in July when I thought it was going to happen. But even now, anybody got to even now worship this morning. Anybody got to worship that says that it's never too late for you to show up in my life, God. <laughs> even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, 
God will give you. Somebody needs to realize who's the Lord over your life. Somebody needs to realize today who's God over your life. Is that it does not matter if it didn't happen then. You got to have an even now kind of faith inside you this morning. Even now, I know that you can do it. <laughs> you didn't bring me too far not to do it, God. We still got 14 days left in 2016. And the Bible says that a thousand years, like one day, one day, like a thousand years. So in God's mind, that's still 14,000 years left before this year is even over. Some of you have given up on God, but in God's mind, that's still 14,000 years left for him to work some things out. Some of you have quit on what God has promised you, but God says that's still 14,000 years left for me to work some things out. Even now, God, I know you're still able to do it. Even now, even now, God promised you some things this year. This year's not over. We get so caught up in, in, in talking about the next year, but this year is not over. Because if Jesus can be resurrected in three days, what can God do in your life in just three days? In three days, Jesus went to hell, preached to those down there, set the captives free, took Satan's keys and came back and released the Holy Spirit in three days. What can God do in your life? in a short period of time. God, you're still labeled. Verse 38, then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. It was a cave they had with a stone. And the stone always represents the law. <laughs> the stone represents the law. Jesus says, Take away the stone. The stone represents the law. Jesus said, take away the stone. Which prophetic to his entire ministry that he will remove the, the sins of the law off of your life. But understand that in order for a miracle to happen, the law has to be broken. We serve a God that will break some rules for you this morning. Oh, my God, y'all quiet. We serve a God. Hey, 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 Jesus, you know the doctor said that that tumor is growing too big. God says remove the stone because I'll break some rules in here. We serve a God that says my credit score that says I'm not approved for that kind of house. But God will break some rules in your life this morning. We serve a kind of God that says, Jesus, I don't know how it's going to happen, but God says take away the stone. Jesus showed up to break some rules. God does not show up in your life to do the possible. He shows up to do the impossible. And the reason why he's quiet, because your situation has not become impossible. Take away the stone. Remove the law. I'm about to break some rules. Go to, go back to verse 24 for me. Verse 23. He was talking to Martha. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Verse 24. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. Ooh, I'm about to shout. First, first Thessalonians 4.16 says that the dead in Christ will rise first. That's what it says in the Bible. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Martha says that I know that he will rise during the day of resurrection. The resurrection Martha is talking about is a resurrection that we haven't even experienced until this day yet. Her, her faith has been damaged so much 
that she has that she's reduced God being able to do something all the way until the end of the world. She's talking about the resurrection of Lazarus. That it's the same one in 1 Thessalonians 4:16. God says, Hey, I don't have to wait until then to do what I can do now. Because what you're saying that I'm gonna do, I am that. Getting one over your head. You waiting for me to do, but I am that. It's kind of like it's kind of like I'm gonna wait for somebody to open the door for me, and God says I am the door. I just move out your way so you can walk in. It's kind of like Jesus says, Martha, Martha, no, no, no. What you're talking about, I am that, and I'm not gonna wait to do then what I can do now. What have you delayed, God? in your faith to do in your life. Or it didn't happen when you thought it was going to happen, so you said, God, maybe in 2017 you can do it. But God says, I don't have to wait until a new year to do what I said I can do right now. Verse 43, even now, even now. What are you expecting God to do later that he wants to do now? Because when God gets ready to move, it's an all of a sudden kind of shift in your life. God's about to do some things all of a sudden. That, that if he had responded the first time you prayed, that would have put in your mindset that you could pray and have God respond every time. But God wants to condition your mind to, to be a worshiper that says, God, if you don't do it, I still love you. If you don't do it, I'll still praise you. If you don't do it, I'll still shout. If you don't do it, I'll still clout. But God says, because, because, because you worship me when you didn't see it. Because you worship me when it didn't come happen. Because you worship me when it didn't happen. Because you did all of that. Get ready for your all of a sudden. 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 Even now, I can show up and I can change everything about your situation. Bring my sheets, Bob. Bring them down here. Come on, walk. Just throw it on top of the wall. Verse 43. Verse 43. He said, now when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Because I don't care how dead you are when God calls you, you got to respond. Let me, let me speak to some family members that ain't in church right now. And some of y'all think that that drug addiction is going to get them. Some of y'all think that that depression is going to get them. Some of y'all think. When I first came down here, I met a girl named Angeline, your daughter, your daughter, who was in the, in the midst of a drug addiction. She came to my office and said, hey, it's time for me to, to release this thing back to God. She got healed. She got transformed. She went to rehab from a drug addiction she had for years. And now this week, Angeline is not working at a job. When beginning of the year, she had a drug addiction. She wasn't working. So what can God do in the midst of your dark season? Some people gave up on Angeline, but Angeline got a husband back. Angeline got her kids back. Angeline got a job now. What can God do? People, people have said, that, hey, they're dead. There ain't no way. But God says, as long as I'm the resurrection, I can wake up who I want to wake up. I can redeem who I want to redeem. What can God do? When everybody has counted you out. Lazarus, come forward. Lazarus had no choice. No choice but to move when God said move because God has all authority in his voice. Which lets me know that Jesus could have spoke Lazarus back to life. Lazarus, come forth. 
And he who died came out bound in hand and foot with grave clothes on. And his faith wrapped with the cloth. Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. Worship him and get ready. He came forth in grave clothes. Some of you are walking around today in grave clothes. Disappointment. Setback. Defeat. Some of you have buried your dreams in the tomb. Some of you have buried your ideas, your plans inside of a tomb. Lazarus is alive, but he's walking around with dead things on him. Grave clothes. When the Bible clearly states that he will give me a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Some of you can't praise God because you're so disappointed about what God didn't do. So Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. But hey, guess what? Take everything that you thought I couldn't do off of you. Today, you will walk out of here with your grave clothes at this altar. Is that you? Then thank God could do some things. But God says, hey, it's never too late for me to show up in your life. Loose that man and let him go. It took off, took off the disappointment. Took off the shame. What do you need to take off your life this morning? Stand to your feet, stand to your feet. Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that you are blessed by God's word. To find out more information about Hope Church, or to financially partner with us to continue sharing the gospel, please visit IamHope.Church.